Tonight, we are discussing whose problem is it anyway? What is the problem you're trying to solve and who are you solving it for? Stay tuned. It's going to be a great show. Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. Good evening and welcome to tonight's show. I'm Natalie Essman, founder of Your Money Expert and your host, my beautiful co-host, the coach for business, Ms. Shanna Mavis. Hi, everyone. So glad to be back here tonight. Um, excited to talk to Terry Moten again. She's going to be talking about community. Um, we've got, uh, who is it, Dr. Natalie Forrest? Dr. Natalie Forrest is going to be giving us the wellness segment. Um, there's going to be content on top of content on top of content, um, but mostly surrounding understanding who your buyer is. I, I think a lot of the times um, we we know the problem that we're trying to solve. We just don't necessarily know who we're solving it for. We haven't taken the time to really understand our buyer and we make mistakes unnecessarily because we're talking to the wrong person or we're talking in the wrong place. Right. Um, so it's, it's great to get some of the, the feedback and, and we're going to look at some examples of people who did it right. People yeah. who didn't do it quite so right, you know, can't necessarily say wrong, but um, <laughs> there are dangers if you're not, you know, if you don't know who you're talking to. Definitely, because then you're just talking to everybody and our special guest expert we'll have on tonight, which is Bridget Brooks with Balton Consulting, will be on. And we've had the privilege to be working with her. She's part of our board for Pillar 5. She has 20 years of working with Facebook and, and Groupon. And the difference that she's made for us with helping us define who our avatar is has been so helpful. I didn't realize how important it was until we went through this process for her. And now just from a marketing perspective, you know, who we're basing our content around, it's easy because it's clear. We know what that person looks like. And um, it's just made a world of difference. In fact, I feel more clear on who our buyer persona is for the show than I do for my own business of almost 19 <laughs> years now. It's kind of like I've been through this crisis. I got to go back to the drawing board. But um, yeah, it's been invaluable to have that time with her. So I'm excited for her as our guest expert today. Yeah. And it makes a big difference. And that was one of the things that I really loved about the exercise that she walked us through at I Do Systems. And, and, and even um, it, it expanded on my knowledge of the buyer persona and, and what you needed to do. And it, uh, it, it's a lot of fun trying to figure out you and there's so much data that supports it, but it's a lot of fun trying to figure out who it is that you're talking to, but it makes the messaging so much easier and so much better. You know, that's what they're, that's what people are looking for. I know that's what I'm looking for, but um, I wanted to, I, I loved doing a lot of research on this, but there are several businesses that, that do it right. We want to take a look at one that, um, that didn't quite get it right this time around. (laughs) 
Well, maybe we'll we'll take a look at that. <laughs> <laughs> so Wizards comes out. They're like, okay, it's our 30th anniversary. Let's let's address this. Let's give let's give people what they want. So they roll out, you know, some of the original art. Some of this is so nostalgic. Then they come out with this box. In this box contains four booster packs, which you have to order, which you have to order from a special website, not even the main website. And local game stores are only getting one. And for the chance to open one of these, okay, Losers of the Coast is charging a thousand dollars. You heard me right, nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars for four packs of cards that may or may not. Okay, so it started out. <laughs> I love that because it started out so promising. They were like, "Hey, they were trying to give the people what they wanted," and that's exactly what you want to do. You want to give your customer what you want. But somehow, um, when they when they looked at that, and you could hear, you know, first he was frustrated because you have to go to a special website. The next thing, it's just, you know, then you look at the price, this the sticker price. Yeah, um, I found out about this last night. Yeah, so um, go ahead and Carlton, if you can play the second clip, maybe. <laughs> But the second clip, um, when he as he's getting that up, let's let's take a look because he continues this story. Thousand dollars for a pack of proxies. <laughs> Again, they're proxies. You can go print your own if you wanted to. I'm not endorsing that, but you could. And how could anyone blame you if this is how they treat their best customers? This is how they're celebrating 30 years by the most ridiculous cash grab, the most absurd whale-centric product in history. Here's a, a, a little-known fact. From people who don't play Magic the Gathering, okay? Unless you have a YouTube channel covering it or you have a stream covering it, most people who play Magic the Gathering are middle class or 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 lower, to be honest. 80% of the players that I knew that played the game were paycheck to paycheck guys or girls. Maybe 90%. You have the you know the collectors and the, the big money guys, maybe like Rudy investors and stuff like that, but they don't really play the game very often. They see it and use it for something, and they're important too to the secondary market. But who the heck is this for? A thousand dollars? Of course, they're getting shredded in the comments. The pricing of nine hundred ninety-nine dollars is disappointing. <laughs> yeah, they definitely did not do their market research, and it cost them a lot more than money. Yeah, yeah, and and like you said, and and this last clip that we'll watch, um, some of the comments that they're getting from their users. It's crazy. And and then, Carlton, if you'll go ahead and, and get it ready, um, you'll start hearing some of these comments that, that they're making there. These are their loyal customers that were so excited about this um, 30th anniversary thing that uh, then they, they see the, the price tag. The rest of the time, it was 90s and early 2000 kids saving money from their part-time jobs or allowance of my cards. I 100% agree. I just said that. Please reconsider this pricing, which is clearly wrong and exclusionary rather than inclusionary, which you claim to be. Insane that we live in an area where one of the oldest, most popular trading card games expects its player base to cough up a grand for proxies. 30th anniversary edition has to be the best unset Wizards has ever made. A grand for four packs of unplayable cards? Hilarious. $999. We're, we're celebrating Magic's 30th anniversary by gouging the player base harder than ever. I mean, what in the heck? The thing is, Wizards knows... These cards still will have value. Now, I'm going to tell you not to buy it, right? 
This is what I've said since Jump Street. Don't buy these super ultra mega masters. Don't buy these $900 premium kits. They're for morons like me. <laughs> and that's the danger in that. You know, you've got this loyal customer base, but most of them can't afford the product. And yeah, and, and this, I don't know who the Facebook user is, but uh, <laughs> I but love yeah. that they know it. Yeah. I feel like it could be Fitzroy. <laughs> <laughs> put, put a high five in the comments if it's you, Fitzroy. <laughs> this is right up your alley. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like really understanding who your buyer is and, and knowing that if they took the time to look at their buyer persona um, before they release that, then they would have seen that most of them can't afford that luxury that it felt like they were being excluded from something they were so excited for. And it is going to hurt the brand. Not only that, you've got someone who is an influencer that's telling people, don't buy your product. Don't buy this. And so you lose money. But yeah. Um, I, I, I heard about that last night. And uh, when I was talking to my son about it, because he's one of the people that, you know, was really offended by this $1,000 price tag. So let's, um, let's take a look at what a buyer persona is and why you need one. We've got a pillar talk segment uh, from a company that um, they have a virtual assistant company in Austin, Texas. And I just loved what she had to say. So we wanted to uh, share this video with you. Hey everyone, Amber Gray, founder and CEO over here at Trusty Oak. We are a virtual assistant company based in Austin, Texas with US-based virtual assistants across the United States. And we work with a lot of small business owners. Okay, so first things first, what is a buyer persona? A buyer persona is a semi-fictional representation of your ideal customer based on both market research and real data about your existing customers. So this video is gonna go into how to actually develop that profile for your ideal customer. Before I go into the how developing buyer personas, I wanna talk about why it's important. When you're creating content for your blog or your social media or a content offer or an email newsletter, you don't wanna just create content to throw out into the internet and hope that somebody catches it and it draws them into your website. You really wanna have the specific person or type of person in mind as you're writing that content, as you're developing design, um, the user experience all together for your website, you've got to think about who are we actually marketing to before you start diving into content. So it's really important as uh, one of the first steps following your bigger picture marketing strategy and really a part of your strategy is developing buyer personas. That second that half of the show, yeah, that second half of the show when we have Bridget on, it's going to be amazing because she's going to break that down. That was one of the things that she was saying to us, you know, that she's advising anyone that she speaks to. Don't just create, <laughs> understand who you're creating for, and that way the content is more relevant. Yeah, it's such a game changer. I just can't even... I just can't even emphasize that enough. I know it sounds silly, but it's like, you know, if I look at it from the perspective of spaghetti, it's like I can, you know, throw my needle at the wall, hope that it sticks, right? I hope it's done. 
and you know hope that someone's picking up my content because if you're not speaking to someone specifically you're not talking to anybody right is what they always right. say so it really helps you and to go back to this word but niche down who your audience is who are you speaking to it gives you so much more clarity it makes things so much easier when you're building your brand marketing your company you know putting your packages or whatever you're doing together it makes a world of difference well, yeah, and it's making a difference for your customer as well. Yes. They know that you're talking to them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to guess if, whether or not this is for me. Yeah, it makes all of the difference in the world because I'm like, who, who is this for? Uh, is this for me? I, am I supposed to buy this or what's going on here? But yeah, it's um, it helps on both sides of that. That clarity that you need uh, for your business and for your team is the same clarity your customers need. And it just makes the whole process a lot easier. Definitely. So are we going into just... We're going to kick off your week at a new cafe that serves up a cup of coffee with a side of kindness. La La Land Kind Cafe employs foster youth in need of a new beginning. That's where we can find Paige this morning. She's live in Dallas to tell us more. Good morning, Paige. Hey, good morning, Alana. Good morning, Texas. I could, as you can see, things are really hopping here at La 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 La, La Land Kind Cafe, and it is indeed a fantastic concept where the drinks are so delicious, the food is fresh, and the mission is good and strong. I'm And how many locations? They had a lot of locations, yeah. it looked like. There's one right, there's two of them by me, I think I saw on there. That is so awesome. Yeah, most of them are in Texas. I didn't know there was one close to me, but yeah, I heard about it last week from uh, one of the entrepreneurs I know that works with foster children or those that are aging out of the foster system. And she told me about it. And I was like, that's amazing. That that's is such so a fantastic amazing. idea. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We will be back in about 30 to 45 seconds. Don't go away. Having a great business isn't enough. You need real exposure. Vault & Co. is a full-service digital marketing agency led by Bridget Brooks, a previous employee of Facebook and Groupon. Through done-for-you digital advertising and one-on-one -on -one coaching, get the exact paid traffic strategy that these digital giants have used to run wildly successful ad campaigns. Deliver the perfect message at the perfect time to your perfectly targeted audience. Book a consult today. All right, and we will hear more from her in a bit. I'm excited. I am too. All right, guys, we have a question uh, for the Better Your Business show. So we're starting a new segment, Dear BYBS. Dear BYBS, I've owned my own business for almost three years. I feel like I'm finally heading in the right direction but I work all the time and I don't feel like I spend enough time with my family or friends. I know I have to make sacrifices, but I sometimes feel guilty, like I have to choose between my family and my business. Any suggestions? Sincerely, surely I'm not alone. 
Gee, can anybody relate to that? <laughs> okay, so first off, as we're talking about this segments, those of you that are watching right in our audience, if you have tips, experiences, please put them in the chat so we can discuss yeah. them further, right? Get some tips from you as well. But I know that's challenging, you know, and most moms are working, whether as an entrepreneur, as an employee, you know, families are two budget households. And it's hard to, I think, not have mom guilt from that. But if I'm going to share one thing that I really have learned is that taking just some dedicated time to have a date and really be present in that moment um, can make such a world of difference. Like, you know, dates with your kids, dates with your husbands, make sure you're having girl time, obviously, but making sure you're being present in the moment. And I think the other thing, too, is sometimes I think we can feel guilty, especially as women, when our families may not feel that way. <laughs> Right. So ask, you know, do you feel like I'm not spending time with you? You know, maybe I'm just feeling guilty for nothing and they're not yeah. thinking about it. You know, my kid would be like, no, you know, go. I need some new shoes. Get out of here. So, right. So you just never know. Ask. Maybe it's more our own guilt. But I think present time where you're just your phone's away, you're just being with them. You're in the world, I think, is is priceless. Make sure their cup is full. And it, I don't think it has to take a lot of time if you do that consistently. Yeah. And. For me, I would prioritize family. Yeah, um, and I, I get that the business is there, but uh, ideally, your family will support you. I I know mine does, and it's challenging because there there is a lot of time. But if you work a nine to five, you're gonna run, or, you know, a nine to whatever, <laughs> you're gonna run into the same problem where you're away more often than not. But this is something that you're building for your family. This is a legacy that you can leave behind, and so. Um, I would definitely look at that and just say, this is what, you know, they're all important, but um, I love the the idea of just even checking in with them to see, hey, are you missing me? <laughs> Am I, is this all in my head? But I, I, I love that you brought that up. Yeah. Or even I was thinking just even the idea that you said prioritize family, Shanna, because I was a single mom for the first 14 years of my career and I didn't feel like I could prioritize that. Um, and our kids grow up so fast. We only have so much time with them. We think it's, you know, 18 or 20 and it's, that's not true, right? Once they become independent, they become independent and it's not yeah. all about, you know, spending time with mom anymore. And so I would say that because we have a lot of time for business. We have our own race to run, but I'd say definitely prioritizing family, most important. Yeah. And I just saw a comment, um, schedule a break with family in between the hustle. Um, that came from Ray. I, I Yeah. Yeah, you, you've got to spend that time with them. Uh, you cannot focus solely on business. You need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of your family because that's what a lot of us are doing it for. Yes. That, that legacy, it's, it's beyond ourselves. It's for them in some cases. It's for them and then for the greater good. But um, yeah, I, I think it is just prioritizing your family and then getting that support that you need, get a team, get a team yes. <laughs> people that will walk alongside of you. Because a lot of the times we're trying to do everything in our own strength. We're trying to do it all ourselves. If you get other people alongside of you or look for that support that you're going to need, that will free up some of the time. Um, you, you're likely doing more than you need to um, or more than you should in some cases. And so it's just like find some other people that can help you along the way. Yes. And that's a great segue into our next topic. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so we are going to be talking about, um, yeah, Forbes. Forbes. Yeah, Forbes has a lot to say about buyer personas. Um, let's go ahead. Carlton, you can put that up while we um, we talk about it. I, I saw this article where Forbes was just saying, hey, you need to get to know your customers. These are game changers. This was an article that was yesterday. 20% of your customers make up 80% of your revenue. And they're saying there's got to be a two-way dialogue. 5% um, customer retention. If you can increase your retention by 5%, your profitability increases by 75%. And then I love that last little bit where it said that the customers today they expect you to know them. I mean, all of us, how many times have you filled out some sort of loyalty program thing? How many times have you filled out a form and given all types of information? We do that so that you know who we are. I'm exchanging that information. I'm expecting for you to reach out to me. I don't want a generic email. I don't want, to do, I don't want anything where I have to guess, is this about me or is this for me? I want to know that you know me because I told you who I am, right? Or I gave you some of my information. Yeah, I, I want to know you have my my back. I want to know you have my best interest in mind. Um, and it's interesting too because you know we a lot of us just got on Google My Business, and I was I was going to go through my database, and I really had to put thought into it because you know we get better at certain things over the years, right? And so I think about some of my first clients where it'd be you know like a year before I talked to them, and it shouldn't have been that way, right? I've learned over time, and it's it's almost scary to get that feedback, right? So if I go through my yeah. database and say, hey, can you leave me a review? It it it's not going to be comfortable. It's probably going to be a little painful, but at the same time, it's going to give us that feedback that we need to just be better. And I know in my industry, if you have 200 clients in your database, really, that's all you need. You just keep that relationships. You keep that going. And that's all you need. You don't even have to find new clients. And I don't think that it has to be huge numbers for people for just taking care of the people that are already doing business with us. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about how to create a buyer persona. Now, Bridget's going to shed a lot of light on this later. I know she is ready, <laughs> ready, willing, and able. But we want to bring a little bit of information. Uh, a lot of the times what Natalie and I talked about is everyone Googles everything. You know, I want to know something, how to do something in business. I'm going to Google it, right? Um, I'm going to go to TikTok. <laughs> I'm going to go wherever I can to try and find this information. But it helps to have the context behind that right? I can search for anything about how to do taxes, but if I don't understand the context, then I may do something wrong. So we feel like it's the same thing with business principles and something like a buyer persona that is tremendously important. Please do not skip this step. We want to make sure that not only do you understand that it's important, but here's how to do that. And that's why we exposed you to experts like Bridget, but we're going to start with this video here. Um, it's the same person that we, we saw earlier, this is an amazing video. We're just going to give you little bits and pieces, a little bit now and then a little before uh, or after the break. Um, so you can get an idea of how to, to start this process. All right. So the how developing buyer personas, I can really break it down into three key categories or three key steps, I should say. So step number one, interview your team. Um, if you're working by yourself, this step will be a lot easier. You're really just taking a look at who are my clients? 
what are things that are in common between these these people that I'm working with, at least on the ideal customer side. So there's going to be some clients that maybe are not your ideal customers. You don't necessarily want to exclude those, but you really want to focus on, uh, let's say, your top three to five customers. We want to build a profile, uh, find some common ground between those people. So uh, what you're looking at is the company size, the role of the decision maker, the actual client, the, the end user of your product. Uh, you want to um, also think about just what industry are they in. That isn't necessarily going to be a key part of the persona, but it, it, there may be some common things about these industries that you want to evaluate. So at this point, you're researching, you're taking notes, you're gathering information about as much as you can from the outside about your customer. That's step number one. Awesome. Yeah, it's that's what did you, what were you saying? <laughs> I was going to say it's just that such great content around what you need to look for and getting that clarity. Yeah, um, I, I I just saw a question that popped up, and so I had the same one. Um, how do you do this if you have no customers yet? And that question is going to be answered not only by Bridget, <laughs> um, but we have a video that that discusses that as well. And and I love the idea that I'm not alone in thinking that because. Many of us that are just starting out, I mean, all I can do is guess that is, is this right? This is who I think I'm talking to. Um, but I'll give it my best guess. Uh, that's, that's where a lot of us start. But is there a better way of doing that? Um, I love that this is the same process, what she just talked about. Interview your team. If yeah. you have one or interview, you know, you've got to start somewhere. But that's the same process that Bridget had us go through. She did. And it, it made me think of I was the oddball on the team. <laughs> I was the one that that had the, that my person looked different. Right. But um, so that was one thing. And I what I loved is that she even had us name them. I thought I was like, what are you serious? Right. So it was it was such a fun exercise, I thought. Yeah. And I was ready. I had a name and a whole story. I had no backstory. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. It is time for us to focus on wellness. How about you as the business owner? Let's let's look at something for you. Yes, we have Dr. Such a pleasure to be here because as an entrepreneur myself, what I think is important and what we often forget is care. I don't know if you can see it, but I've got actually three C's behind me. One of them stands for care. Could be SC for self-care. Self-care is the most important thing as an entrepreneur, because we don't do it. Now, the big question is, how do you do it? Very simple, really simple. Self-care means you create a calm, quiet place for you. And you create a calm, quiet way to get your aggression out, to get your energy out, to get your frustration out. How do you do that? Step number one, you Write into your calendar a time every morning and every evening of at least 10 to 30 minutes. Because you're an entrepreneur, that means you are going to follow your calendar. Put it into Google if you have. And after that, what you are going to do is you're going to take that time. It doesn't really matter what you do during that time as that you start taking that time. That's the self-care part number one. Self-care part number two is whenever you feel overwhelmed, 
frustrated. You feel like you are it. Nobody else is helping you. You need to have a way to calm your mind. C for calm. How do you do that? The breath of life. Mindful moments. You can do the breath of life anywhere. And you may have seen me do it before. Very simple. Your hands on your heart. Close your eyes if you can. You can do this in the bathroom or turn around to the wall when you do it. Take a deep breath in. Hold it to the count of three. Release. You can release it with a big sigh. And after that, you're just going to repeat that three times. When you're done, slowly open your eyes, shake out your arms, and surprise. You've just calmed your body down. So self-care means creating a calm place for you, which as an entrepreneur, you absolutely need. Awesome. Two tips to self-care. Thank you so much, Dr. Natalie Forrest. Uh, she's a practitioner for you to find wellness. But if you think if you just took a few, I mean, how long did that take? A minute? And I know even just with that minute, right, I feel great. So we're going to go into a quick segment here. See you soon. A wise man once asked, what if? A wise man once asked, what if starting a business was like jumping out of a plane? And like 76% of businesses, what if 76% of parachutes failed before you reached the destination? What about those of you who have already jumped? Well, you may still have time to check your business. Pillar5.com, where businesses get it right. are back and we are talking about buyer persona tonight. Yeah, you got to know who you're talking to. <laughs> you got to let everyone know, hey, I'm talking to you. I have this product. It's for you. I know where you are. I know where to find you. I know what things you like. I know how you like to be spoken to. I, I know all of these things. So let me use this to personalize this experience for you. So with that in mind, um, because we want to get Bridget in here pretty soon, we've got a couple little quick clips that we want to show you, and then we'll bring Bridget in to help us break that down. But it's the next two steps that um, the lady was talking about before the break. Um, it's those next two steps in creating a buyer persona. 
Step number two is really an important step and it may be a little bit harder to nail down because uh, what you need to do is interview your customers. Uh, you're going to have some of your best customers that are going to be willing to help you out. Ask them if they're, they're able to spend even just 15 minutes with you, just answering a few key questions about uh, where do they go for their information? Are they the type that's going to Google search to find an answer to a problem? Are they a self-learner? Uh, do they use sites like Udemy to learn or Coursera or even HubSpot to learn more about their, uh, the way they can run their business if it's something they don't know how to do? Some other things you want to look for in that interview and ask about are what are some common challenges? What are the pain points that they have in getting the job done? Yeah, interviewing your customers. I know that's something that we've we've talked about. We've had conversations with them. It's not just about getting testimonials. That's important. Getting reviews. That's great. All of those things matter. But you have people that love what you do. They loved it enough to exchange their money for it. So talk to those um, those people, get the information. And I, I love what she said about um, where, where are they spending their time? How are they learning? What are they, where can you find these people? Uh, and I know that Bridget's going to open our eyes tremendously on what you can do with all of that data. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into that third step and then we can get Bridget in the studio. All right, another last step that you can do that will play into your developing of buyer personas is reviewing your competitors. What are they doing for the same type of customers that you wanna work with? What are they doing on their blog, on their social media? Look at it closely with a critical eye to see what do you think is working? Uh, what do you think you could improve on? And even more importantly, what can you do differently to stand out from those competitors, but still do something that's going to be attractive and useful to your ideal customer? All right, so let's bring her in the house. We have owner and CEO of Valton Company and social engineer for I Do, Bridget Brooks, going over buyer persona. Bridget, we're so happy to have you here again <laughs> for season three. <laughs> well, we can't hear you. Uh -oh. oh, my mute. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> always, I'm always, I was saying thank you so much for having me here. I am super excited to be here today. And this is such a great subject to talk about. Because I feel like it just lays the foundation for everything. It really Why is that? Why is it? So here's the thing is that marketing is, I mean, 90% of marketing is about messaging, right? So if you don't have a strong message and a clear message, who are you speaking to? Your audience is not going to know who you're speaking to. You're not going to know who you're speaking to. So often I get clients that are like, especially like real estate is a great example. I'll get real estate agents who are like, I just want people that are going to buy and sell a house. And I'm like, but no, we can't just say, hey, who's going to buy a house, right? We have to say, you know, are you outgrowing your house? Is it time for you to move? Are you relocating? We have to speak to the individual. Um messaging is really 90% of your marketing. So we have to know who we're talking to. Right, right. So I, I, can we chat a little bit about um, how is buyer persona created if there's no customers yet? 
Yeah. So that's such a great question. And I always love leaning into who's my dream client, right? If I don't have any clients yet, who is the dream person that I'd want to work with? What do they look like? What do they, what do they like? What is their daily attributes is a huge one. What are they doing on the daily in their business, outside of their business? What's important to them? So that's the first place I'd start is who is my dream client that everlasting like if I was at the top, this is who I'd work with every time, right? From there, I then pull what audience I do have. You, everybody has a network. You just have to know, are they your network, right? So maybe um, you don't have an audience for your business yet, but you have 500 friends on your social media account. They're a great place to start and see who is there, what is the attributes of the person that needs your services in that audience, and what defines them? What defines them on a daily task? So how detailed do you feel individuals need to be on that? Because I know when we went through this exercise, we even had to choose, you know, is it male? Is it female? And, you know, being in financial services, that's really challenging for me because I'm creating a new belief system. I've told Shannon this earlier, but I tend to think as, you know, men is typically being the breadwinner. So it's hard for me to niche down that much. So when we did that for the show, remember, I was having a hard time with that. I even gave a gender neutral name because right, right. Well, and here's the thing is that the more that you know about your dream avatar and their everyday attributes, the easier it is going to be for you to niche down to them. So often I hear clients be like, I don't want to niche down because I don't want to pigeonhole myself into only attracting this type of person. And here's the reality of it. You guys, you're not going to pigeonhole yourself. What you're going to do is you're going to create a consistent message speaking to the person that you want to attract. And those other people are going to see it and they're going to hear it and they're going to feel it. And they're just going to naturally drop in. Yeah. Yeah. If you have something that works for multiple people, <laughs> it's not going to stop them from buying it just because your messaging right. is to a specific or geared or colored in a certain way or it, it's not going to change that. I'm still going to realize I need this, even if, you know, everything on there looks like it might be, you know, there's men on every ad. There's, okay, great. I still need this. Right. <laughs> like Absolutely. And, you know, the smartest marketers do that. If you took a step back and looked at some of your largest companies and took a look at their client avatar, Apple's client avatar has 28 attributes that they follow. So when they build their message and they build their branding and they build their designing, they're building it for the person that has just these 28 attributes and nobody else. I love that. And that's why Apple is listed as one of like the top seven companies that do really well with knowing their brand. They know yes. exactly who they're talking to and still millions of people outside of those, you know, without those 28 attributes are spending thousands of dollars. Oh. On <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love that. Um, I'm curious, how many buyer personas should you have? So I have if I can reach multiple people, how many of these should I create? So I am a big proponent of master at one okay. rather than multiple, 
right? So find that one first that you are speaking to, that you're directing to, that your product fits, that you're able to hit their pain points, that you're able to convert them at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, that's what this is all about, is converting that dream client. And until you've mastered that one, I wouldn't move on to multiples because then you're just filling your plate with multiple messages and multiple um, strategies. And if you haven't mastered the first one, why would you move on to multiple? Because I want to do it all. I don't no, you don't. Doing it all <laughs> is a surefire way to fail right? Yeah. You have to be so intentional and in marketing, especially you have to be so intentional of every single step that you take in your marketing, who you're marketing to, why you're marketing to them. I mean, that not just the brand persona or the customer avatar, but even the customer journey, if you don't have that all mapped out and you start building your marketing, you have no strategy and you have no plan and you've already lost your dream client. What's been so amazing to me has been for someone who doesn't have a marketing background, I never realized how um, technical, detailed, thought out marketing is. I literally thought it's, you know, you put things out there, just show up every day, right? Put things out there. I, it's shocking to me how much strategy goes into it, how much thought goes into it. It's really blown my mind. Well, and if you think about it in everything in business, you have to be intentional, right? So if why wouldn't you be intentional about your marketing? Like that's what's bringing the revenue through the door. So why wouldn't you start your intention there and be intentional with that? Absolutely. So um, I know one of the questions that had come up was, and I know because our next segment is going to be on demographics. Why are demographics not enough when it comes to your buyer? Let's, well, can you hold on just a sec? Let's watch that clip first. Let's watch the. Whether you're funny or not, it's just I've changed, and you haven't. I mean, we don't even hang out in the same places mm. anymore. You're not even listening, are you? Coupons. You want coupons, don't you? Look, come by the store. I got two words for you: loyalty, reduction. Am I right? That was it, wasn't it? Let's just hug. If you knew me, you'd know I don't care about that. Know you? Sweetheart, I know everything about you. You're 28 to 34. Your online interests include music, movies, and laser hair removal. You have a modest but dependable disposable income. Am I the only one not getting the problem here? I'm out of here. Oh, come on. Don't be like that. Look, I'll tell you what. Come back here tomorrow. I'll give you the chance to win a Bahamas vacation. <laughs> That was hysterical. <laughs> okay, so now, why is demographic information not enough? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, any study that you look at from a marketing perspective, people don't want a clean, pristine brand. They want user-generated content, right? So that means they want to be talked to just like we're all talking here. And... If you go in going, I know that you're interested in marketing and I'm going to help you with your marketing, you're not going to get anywhere, right? But if you go in and you go, I know you're tired of pulling out your hair over Facebook ads and losing money and the frustration behind it, then your ideal client's going to stop and go, 
oh yeah, I, I'm tired of that. <laughs> How did you know? That's yeah. exactly you like me. <laughs> all day long, but at the end of the day, if we're not connecting like a real person, we're not going to connect at all. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, that's the same thing that Forbes was saying. You know, people want a more personalized experience. I want to know that you know me and I'm willing to give you information. Um, Bridget, thank you yes. so much for this time. Your wisdom is yes. greatly needed and so appreciated. I um, love, love, love being here. Thank you so much. Anybody can follow me on the socials. Um, on Instagram, it's Belton with V as in Victor underscore CO underscore AZ. On Facebook, it is Belton Co or Bridget Brooks Digital Advertising Consultant or just Bridget Brooks. But really, you can't miss me. So just go and search me. That's right. Awesome. Thank you, Bridget. We'll see you soon. All right. Good stuff. I mean, I've learned so much for her. I'm so grateful. It makes me think back to the show we had a few weeks ago on advisory board versus board of advisors. <laughs> right. She's on our advisory board. Well, she's on the board of advisors, too. But right. To have a resource like that, you learn so much. It just helps you get better. That's yeah. that power of association. So thank you so much, Bridget. So I know we're going to be going into what is TikTok teaching us? Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with TikTok. Don't go to TikTok. If you didn't already go to TikTok, we did a search because we wanted to find out what are you going to find out? What are you going to learn if you search for buyer persona on TikTok? So here's what you have. Here's how to create your buyer persona in less than a minute. Go to this website. Go to this exact URL. Share this video with yourself if you need it. Here is the fastest and easiest way to make a buyer persona. Go here and click build my persona. Con esta página vas a poder construir tu buyer persona paso a paso que te va a ayudar para tus campañas publicitarias y para definir tu público objetivo. Ve a la página de HubSpot. So there you have it. Go to HubSpot. <laughs> Everyone is telling you to go to HubSpot. And I actually love HubSpot as a resource. They have I so too. much good information for um, small businesses and Okay. So she's going to be joining us in the studio to talk to us about building your community. Hello, Terry. All right. Hello, Miss hello. Terry, welcome. How are you ladies? Great. Well, so happy that you're here. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. 
thank you. Well, I am so excited to kind of wrap up with this third part of community building, because what I want to share is it's time for you to now figure out how you're going to pour into your own local community. So, you know, you may have a business that depends on local business. You may be doing business, you know, internationally, nationally. But what I think is really important is you have to do something and give back to your own local community that you live in. And I just want to share an idea that I'm doing down here that I've partnered up with another female entrepreneur to do just that kind of thinks outside of the box. So as especially new entrepreneurs, you know, maybe your first year, you may be bootstrapping again and you're kind of cash strapped and you think I would love to be able to actually pour financially into the community, but I, I'm just, I'm strapped. I, there's not much I can do. What we've done is we came up with an idea called 100 Women of Victoria. And so Victoria, Texas is where we live. What we've done is we have asked 100 women in the community to commit to giving $100 every quarter. So $100 times 100 women is $10,000. What we are then going to do is we are going to have a, a number of female business owners, women-owned businesses that would like to be able to get that $10,000 to utilize you know, for their business in, in, in some type of capacity. We are actually building out where we're going to do our first one, where we're going to award in um, December. And we are, we didn't do anything formal. We did, you know, we didn't set up a, we did not set up a nonprofit. We didn't set up a board. We didn't set up any type of hierarchy. It is literally going to be 100 women on a kind of a designated day. We are all coming together with our $100. We are going to have, again, a number of women who kind of apply to be able to give a presentation to these 100 women. And at the end of that presentation, we're going to, you know, we're going to have about three women that kind of give a presentation of, you know, what their vision is, what the impact is they're going to have on, on, on the local community. And at the end, we are going to, by Democratic vote, vote who we think should get that money. And literally, they are going to walk out of kind of that, that event, that get together. They are going to walk out and have $10,000. That is one way you can do grassroots efforts in being able to make a difference in your community. So think how you might be able to utilize that tip. Ooh, $10,000, that is a great tip. I've said it once, I'll say it again. Terry always knows where the money's at. If you're not following her on social media, you should. She gives amazing, amazing resources, obviously just like that one. So we are gonna go into our marketing segment with Britt Peckman and Swave Engage. Hello everyone, my name is Britt Peckham and I am the founder of Swave Engage Social Media. And today we're talking about scheduling your social post. So I highly recommend doing this and there are a few ways you can do it. You'll see that currently I'm in the Canva scheduler, which you will need a premium account, but it's well worth the dollars for nonprofits. I believe it's still free. And this is where your social posts will show up. The beautiful thing about this is you can go to a post that you're creating in Canva. You can find here, when you go to share, you can click on schedule, and then you'll pick the day that you want your social posts to go out. Um, you just follow the prompts. It's a really easy 
user interface. And there's a couple other ways you can do this. Canva is one of my favorites. You can do it directly through the host. You can do it through Facebook. TikTok has their own schedule scheduler, but they don't have their own editor. So not my favorite. Later is another one that you can do, but same deal. I think TikTok is trying to get you to post organically, but there are options. And then there's Facebook Creator Studio. There's Hootsuite. You name it. Uh, lots of different schedulers out there. And I just encourage you to do your due diligence and find the software that is the best fit for you. I hope that's helpful and have a great day. It's the money. All right, tonight's Money Minute, we are going to be touching on No Spend November. If you're anywhere on social media or in the world, really, you know that a lot of influencers are talking about No Spend November. And I do really love the concept behind it, but I don't think it's practical for everyone. So a couple things that I do want to talk about is how much money are we spending the consumers during the holidays? You might find this kind of shocking. Halloween, we spend $10.6 billion. I was shocked on Halloween every year. So candy and decorations, sugar, candy and decorations. Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday. I'm sad to say we only spend $1 billion on Thanksgiving, uh, which is still a lot of money, but I was still surprised it was such a low number. And for Christmas, we spend $109 billion, $109 billion on Christmas. Hear this, $6.1 billion of that is on Christmas trees. And here's a mind blower for you. $15.2 billion is on unwanted presents. My mind is blown. Unwanted presents, right? So think about what you're buying for people. 41% of Americans take on debt during the holidays. Trust Deed just did a survey and found out that based on their survey, 58% of Americans put off being in dire um, having debt that was hurting them financially for over a year before they asked for help. 32% said it's because they were embarrassed that they had debt. And of them, 84% said they had improved mental health after putting together a plan and strategy to pay off our debt. So it matters, right? Save money, walk tall. You guys hear me say that. So question to you guys, what are your patterns when it comes to money? Start paying attention to that. And is our mental health worth it? Is getting out of debt worth our mental health? So uh, you can go to Linktree, your money exit. I have a free budget journal down there you guys can take advantage of. Next week, I'll be going over the rule of 72, teaching you guys why it's important to get out of debt and save money. And if you have anything that you'd like me to address specifically, please let us know in the comments. One of the things that I do love about No Spend November is, you know, I think that one of the things that it does, No Spend November is really about only spending money towards your basic necessities. What I love about that concept is it allows us to realize how much money we really don't need to be spending. It also allows us to see how much opportunity there is to do things that don't cost us the money that are so free and so enriching that we can go out and enjoy life. There's tons of free classes, free, especially during the holidays, everyone's given free stuff away. So um, if you participate in us, let us know in the chat. We'd love to hear what your experience and your takeaway was. And that is your Monday Minute for tonight. Thank you. It's the money. You're muted. <laughs>
No spend November. Um, yeah, it is an interesting idea and it would work so much better if everyone did, like you said last week and bought all of their gifts yeah. throughout the year. Um, you might be able to do that, but, um, there are going to be some of us who are going to spend in November <laughs> because yes. we did not plan. <laughs> so, um, now we know yeah. going into next year and uh, right. that number around Christmas gifts, the unwanted gifts, right. that's crazy that's crazy ridiculous so crazy that's just wasting a lot of money well all right it is getting close to time we've got a little bit more time with you so we wanted to take a look at um a, a company that all of us know pretty well they're mad at so many people for stealing their service or what have you um but let's take a look at the story of netflix and how they are learning about their buyer how they're having to re-examine the way that they do business to meet the needs of their buyer yeah that's right amy netflix has taken a big hit in recent months even if one of the benefits of a subscription plan on these streaming services is that you get to skip the ads no fast forwarding required but now we're looking at Netflix is weathering one of the roughest periods in its 25-year history. Yes, I had a horrible idea we were going in this direction. I am suffering. Losing 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of 2022, and now bracing to lose another 2 million in the second quarter. A lot of the streamers are realizing that people's wallets aren't infinite, and so they're trying to offer cheaper alternatives and commercials just like on regular TV. And industry experts say that Netflix's move to team up with Microsoft suggests that they're looking to utilize some of the newest technology in the advertising world, like using targeted ads that can take data to match those ads with certain audiences watching certain shows. All right. Yeah. Yeah, man. They need to do something. I mean, they had to do it. That that whole um, news segment, we cut it up for so that, you know, we would save time and you didn't want to watch the whole thing anyway it was <laughs> but yeah they were talking about um how netflix resisted this they did not want to have ads under any circumstances but then they realized that you know people can't afford to not some people would rather pay for the ads and have the service and so this is their way of trying to cater to that group but also if they are teaming up with microsoft for the purpose of getting that technology that's brilliant because they can target specific people that they know are going to be more likely to buy into their service or their products, whatever they, they're about to release. They know that they're going to have that audience because they're looking at the data. Yeah, and I, I think it's really cool to see them progressing and pivoting to yet again. So we'll see. Go Netflix. We'll see how it goes for you. Speaking of which, we have sponsorship opportunities available as well. So reach out if you want to take advantage of one of those for the show. Thank you so much to everyone who joined us tonight. Thank you to our amazing sponsors. Make sure you go to IB Systems, click subscribe. You can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are on all the podcast platforms. Pick your favorite platform. We are then. Spend time with us on your drive. And as always, you guys, do something today that your business will thank you for. Go to pillar5.com and take your free assessment. Have a great week, everybody. And we will see you soon. Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The better your business show starts